Hey friends, I'm Renee. And I'm Anna. And you're listening to Fangirl Happy Hour. The podcast hosted by two Hugo Award winners. gonna talk about it and then I said hey don't talk about it but then she said but people will feel better if they know that they're not the only ones failing in this garbage year so we recorded an episode in July we did and then I tried to edit it and we both sounded so sad that I was in tears trying to edit that episode and then Renee got in touch she told me that and I felt so bad (laughs) and sad and then we decided to record a new episode and we have rules so that we don't sound so sad this time. It is a sad year, but there's no reason to sound like actively depressed. It was very funny to listen to us. And by funny, I mean depressing. Be like, yeah, we're excited about this media, but it sounded like we were actually saying, leave me here to die. Since then, I have realized that I actually needed some help. So I think we are both now on Sutherland, right? Yeah, we're both like on some <laughs> antidepressants. We're in therapy. I mean, I feel so much better. Highly recommend, honestly. I think that the United States government, the UK government, Canadian government, every government in the world should give every citizen five years of free therapy after this. Well, since the last time we recorded, things have changed because... Anna is now a Hugo Award winner. Anna! I am! I finally, my time has come. I finally won my Hugo. I just couldn't believe it. It was amazing. Taya and I were just over the moon. And it's finally here. I mean, the actual Penny's rocket hasn't arrived yet from New Zealand. I'm waiting still. But, you know, I, I have this thing now, which is good because I think, I honestly think that it would have been my last year because I haven't written anything at all this year. I am very, very impressed with the people still putting out media this year. On the ballot next year, I'm going to be like, wow, you guys are fucking superheroes. That ballot's going to be lit because it's going to be full of the people who were just like, You know what? Screw you, global pandemic. I'm going to continue going. You know, hat tip to those future finalists. Can't wait to meet you all and see who you are. I mean, for sure. Kudos to everybody who has continued to be uh, productive. (laughs) There we go again, going on a dip. When I talked to my therapist about being sad, she was like, well, hey, try this. So now we have rules for like our catch-up segment to tell everybody how we are doing and what we're into. Hey, Anna, what have you learned during this global pandemic, and how has it been valuable to you? I, much like uh, a huge number of the populace, uh, have struggled with long hair, (laughs) with needing a haircut desperately, uh, but being unable to because of the lockdown. And then things restarted to open in England 
I went through this whole thing where I found a hairdresser that was within walking distance. I called them. I checked their websites to check their COVID-19 preparations and how they were uh, taking care of things. And I felt relatively secure and safe to book an appointment. And then I promptly followed that with a panic attack. And then I called them and I canceled the appointment. And then I decided that I was going to cut my own hair. I found a YouTube video that taught me how to cut my own hair and I did it and it looks so good. I don't think I will ever again pay to get a haircut. That's amazing. I felt so good about it. And I swear to you, the next day I went out for a walk and this dude stopped me to say that my hair looks amazing. On one hand, nice, great. On the other hand... I was like, mm, fuck you. And I walked out. But internally, I was like, yes. <laughs> Cisgender men do not follow women in order to tell them they look nice. Don't do that. I thought he was going to ask for directions. And, and I was like, yes. And he's like, your hair looks really beautiful. And I cut it myself. Good work. I'm really proud of you. You faced an obstacle and then you overcame it. Anna, you're a legend. And I didn't have to pay 80 pounds for this. I just paid five pounds for scissors from Amazon. What about you, Renee? Did you learn any new skills? Indeed, indeed I did. I learned how to fold fitted sheets. <gasps> oh my God. So I change our sheets every week, but it was a like a trial. Like it was very much like, oh God, it's time to do this again. And I dreaded it. Like, it's a lot of work to do it because we have, like, a lot of pillows. And then we ha and then I have to wash the sheets and then I have to fold them up. But the fitted sheet always stressed me out. So I watched a bunch of videos on how to do it. It is actually surprisingly easy now that I've just taught myself how to do it and done it a few times. Oh, my God. Like, it makes changing the bed every week much easier. And folding the sheets when they come out of the dryer takes, like, three minutes. It's amazing. And now I can get into my freshly made bed and the sheets are not wrinkled and they're comfy and relaxing. I'm so happy. Please send me the link. I will try to refine the video and send it to you. I feel accomplished every time I fold the fitted sheet. And it's silly, I guess, but my whole life I've just been so frustrated by them that why didn't I learn this before? Why did it take me so long? Do you know what? I'm going to learn that skill. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. So next up, what is one positive habit that you developed in the last six months to help you cope with the world being like literally on fire, metaphorically on fire? Hit me. Yoga. I've been doing lots of yoga. I follow a YouTube channel called Yoga with Adrienne. Yes, I love her. Yeah, she's so nice. She's so friendly and it's really easy to follow. And I find that she's really flexible in the way that she teaches as well, that she gives you options for the positions. And if it doesn't work for you, she's like, it's fine. And it's just like, it's, it's so much fun. It's relaxing. And I've been doing, I've, I try to do it at least three to four times a week. And it's been super great for me. Breathing exercises during yoga are also very 
useful obviously any kind of breathing exercise is really good for someone with anxiety and it has helped enormously yeah i used her videos because i was having a lot of like neck issues because of the way i use my phone and she actually had a video for that called like exercises for text neck that's what her video was called i've done that a few times and it's been like transformative for my neck and shoulders in this whole crisis where I'm just sitting at home on my phone, doom scrolling. Is that a skill that we learned during the fun game? Doom scrolling? I'm not sure that's a skill we, we should be like bragging about learning because it's not healthy. <laughs> Every time I catch myself doing the doom scrolling thing, I like go find a BTS video that's happy and watch it. No more scrolling for sadness. I used to do yoga before I moved to England, and it's good to go back to that as a combination of the stress of the pandemic and doing so much yoga and walking. And like, for example, I live on the seventh floor and I haven't taken the lift. So I only go up and down the stairs, right? Since the beginning of the I lost four kilos. It's so hot here that I have, I had goals to like go and walk. But I'm having trouble with sleep, period. And so I was having trouble getting getting up to go walking. And I was trying to walk in the afternoon, but it was so hot and humid here that it was making, like, I was getting sick. Because it was just, a, just not even being out of shape, which I am, but the heat, like, the heat being so bad. So I'm hoping, like, as the temperatures cool down and as I uh, get more mature, competent, I don't know what word to use here, about sleeping my body is like my enemy when it comes to sleep i'll be able to like get up early and go walking when it's cold i love walking when it's like freezing outside 15 degrees 10 degrees great sign me up i'm ready what about for you did you form any new positive habits i started tracking self-care habits with stickers i bought a giant desk calendar and i bought some stickers from this uh, Etsy shop located in England that Susan recommended to me called Happy Cutie Studio. All her stickers are adorable. When I accomplish a habit, I get my I get a sticker for it. They have them for kids. They're very common for kids. So that has been very transformative for me because like it sort of gives some structure to my days. Because in the morning, I'm going to get these stickers. And then in the evening, I'm going to get these stickers. I've just been very happy with my progress on taking care of myself. Excellent. Well, obviously we've been doing some media stuff, not a ton, but some. What's one piece of media that helped make the last few months more bearable? Uh, one piece of media that helped me was The Untamed uh, on Netflix that I watched because of Renee. It took me a while to get into it and it was only after the pandemic because I had started watching and I was like really slowly going and then when the lockdown started that was when I got really into it but the thing that really helped me was that I got into fanfic and I, I read so much of it especially during the three to the three the first three four months of this thing that were the, the most horrible ones um, I couldn't read anything apart from untamed fanfic and romance novels. I guess romance was what kept me going. I'm trying not to feel smug here that not only did you get into the untamed, you got into the untamed fandom. You can, Renee. I even created an account for me on a cover of our own and 
I've read hundreds of thousands of words. There was one in particular that's 130,000 words that I read like in one day. AU and modern settings. I'm reading crossovers. It's wonderful. <laughs> it is wonderful. It really is. Welcome to fandom. I'm even reading uh, ficlets on Twitter. There are people that post Twitter threads. There are mini fics and they are really lovely. I love them. Yeah, I haven't been able to do the Twitter fanfic thing yet because there are some people that go like on for like 400 tweets so i'm just like i'm tired i can't do this anymore just post that shit on ao3 post it on dreamwith give me a break i'm guessing for you the answer to this question is something in korean why do you gotta call me out like that anna why <laughs> do you gotta be that way yes you are correct i think my media would be the Map of the Soul 7 by BTS, and also their Map of the Soul 7 The Journey album, which was their Japanese release. BTS in general has really helped me cope because I didn't have the energy for political podcasts anymore. Like, I lost my ability to cope with them because it was just like, it just felt like constant bad news that just wouldn't stop coming. I had to unsubscribe to every single one of them. Listening to media podcasts just made me feel really bad because of my inability to focus this podcast. And then on top of that, I wasn't really watching, reading anything. Then I was feeling like double guilt over listening to media podcasts. So I lost the ability to do, read books. I lost the ability to listen to audiobooks. I lost the ability to listen to most of my other podcasts. BTS and their music let me chill out. And not to compare a global pandemic to like teenage angst, but when I was a teenager, I would go, I, I went through lots of periods of like social oscillation and the depression that comes with feeling that way. By listening to music now, it really connected me with then when I found solace in music as well. But this time, the music is in Korean and I don't understand it. I'm getting all the benefits of the music without being able, like, without having to cry over these, like, any sad lyrics. It works out. I'm super into BTS now. Like, I own six albums, I think. P.S. I only got into them in February of this year, and I already own six of their albums. And in fact, I think I own seven of their albums, because I just bought another one because they re-released School Love Affair Special Edition, and I bought that immediately before it, before it could sell out, because I didn't want to miss it. So now I think I own seven albums. The other day, I got very excited, because I was listening to Blackpink. In the song, they sing a line in Korean, and I just sang along to it, and then I'm like, wait, what? And then I went back and I checked and indeed I sang, I sang it correctly and I knew what she was saying. Congratulations to me. I can count to three in Korean like a baby. Wow. That kind of sums up my media consumption for the last six months. I do miss books though. The only thing that I can read is either romance novels or thrillers. I'm hoping that my reading mojo comes back soon because there's so many books coming out that sound awesome but I just know that I don't have the attention span to focus on them. But until then, we have music and Untamed Thick. Space Bees, you know what that means. You need to send both of us all of your Untamed fanfic recommendations. Like, pick your favorite three stories and send them to us. Fangirlhappyhour at gmail.com I'm sure Anna's probably read them already, but I probably haven't. So although we haven't been consuming a ton of media, we have 
consumed a little bit, and we wanted to talk about that and share it with everybody. So Anna, what is on your list for what you have been consuming? I've been reading a lot of romance novels, and I was able to catch up with some of my like old school favorites. So I, I read like the latest Liza Clippers and the the latest Eloisa James, the latest Julia Quinn, Loretta Chase. They were like my favorite ones from 12 years ago when I was super into romance novels, and they were still like really good in the type of Regency romance um, novels. I read a bunch of Tessa Derrick that I hadn't read before, so I caught up with a bunch of, of those. But there are two that I really liked, and they are new and they are contemporary romance, which is not something that I usually read, but I read the, uh, the, the two books by Talia Hibbert, Take a Hint, Danny Brown, and Get a Life, Chloe Brown. So there are two sisters, and there's going to be a third one with a third sister, I think, later this year or earlier next year, I don't know. They are really good. They are funny. They are light. They are lovely. I love them, and, and they made me feel so good. I tend to get really anxious when I read romance novels because I know that there's going to be a moment when things will get really bad before they get their happy ending. Uh, but what I like about these authors is that that moment of truth, like I, like I usually call, it's not very full of angst. So they made me happy so much because of that. I really recommend this, uh, these books by Talia Hibbert. I think this is how you say her name. I also watched uh, seasons three and four, and then I, la I watched the last season of Shira. And the last season was amazing, and it gave me what I wanted. No spoilers, I haven't finished it yet. Okay, all right, so I'm not gonna say anything. But I will hopefully get to it soon. And I guess the last thing is from, I think, April, Thaya and I started to do weekly Sunday morning catch-up. We chat, we talk about the pandemic for about one hour and a half, complaining about the world. And then at the end of our catch-up, we watch uh, an old episode of The X-Files. So we've been watching season six because it's our favorite. It's really lovely. And it's good because I catch up with my friend in a way that we hadn't in a while. I have someone that shares my views on the pandemic because I feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of people that are not really that concerned and then we watch the x-files which is something that we love that's so pure i love it it is really nice i'm really happy that we've been doing that and what about you do you have three pieces of media for us that you have consumed yes i do i read the babysitter's club book when i was younger and when i learned there was a reboot i was super excited i did have concerns because i remember the series and it is white it's white 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 and like a token black character, if I'm remembering correctly. In the books? No, Claudia was... Yeah, Claudia is Asian. That's correct. But like, I'm talking about like the white black breakdown of this tiny city in, Mass in Massachusetts. I was a little concerned about this like reboot because I was just like, they're not going to do it like that. I think they're going to do Like, it's not going to be a bunch of blonde white girls, please. <laughs> we got lucky. They updated it for a modern context and it works super well. I loved it too. And you know what this means? It means that you and I have got to watch the movie for a vault episode. Disclaimer, it's also very white. 
And then the last thing, I watched up to episode Change Your Mind with Zachariah of Steven Universe. And I've seen it up until that point before, but watching it with him was so wonderful and so charming because every time there was a new fusion or something shocking happened, I stopped watching the show and started watching his face. He went on so many face journeys (laughs) during this show. So many things about Steven Universe as a show itself are comforting this year for me. For example, there's a song in the series called Here Comes a Thought, and it's about mindfulness and not letting your intrusive thoughts take over and control your behavior. It's just so good and useful. And I have sung that song to myself multiple times this year when I felt overwhelmed, mostly with political stuff. I was very, very excited to get to watch Steven Universe with Zach. We haven't finished it yet, but we're going to. It's just a matter of finding the episodes because Hulu here only has through like season four. After that, they don't have any additional episodes. Soon, I will finish that and report back on how I like the resolution of the series. No spoilers, please. And the last thing, back in 1999, there was a game released called Roller Coaster Tycoon. Now, I didn't play it when it came out because I was busy jamming Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII into my eyeballs until, like, 2001. But later, I got it as a gift. It became one of my favorite game. So the premise is you run different theme parks and you have to meet certain scenario requirements like having 1,200 people in your park with a park rating of 800 by like your third or fourth year. They released this game again combined with Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 and it's called Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic. I immediately downloaded it from my iPad and played it for nostalgia purposes for like a week and then put it down because I was busy. It's now 2020. (laughs) Trash fire year. And so I picked it up again and have been playing it. And it's very, very zen. You can build rides and you can organize your park staff so there's not piles of vomit everywhere. It's been really good for me. So if you're into Roller Coaster Tycoon from way back when, highly recommend this one. So yeah, those are the media that I've been into. Please clap that I didn't just sit here and rant about BTS and how much I love them for 15 minutes. (laughs) I'm just mostly into relaxing games and relaxing TV shows right now. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, Space Bees, what things have you been into that aren't books? Maybe send us some recommendations of things that are not books that you have loved in the last few months so we can check them out. A few months ago, because that sounds better than saying last year, I chatted with Susan about something that she was into at the time. Susan, if you don't know, is the person who does the Fangirl Happy Hour transcripts. She's amazing. And so I brought her on to Fangirl Happy Hour to talk about the thing that she was excited about. I cannot say the title because I can never remember it because it's so long, but it's an anime. And she was very excited to talk about it with me. You can find Susan over on Twitter at Spindilly. She is also a co-editor at Lady Business with me. And so here is my chat with her about the very long anime title that I cannot remember, but that she really liked. We're here to talk about your favorite thing recently. Are you prepared for the single longest title I have ever fucking seen? Yes, hit me. It's Lord Elmaloy II's Case Files, squiggly brackets, Rail Zeppelin, close squiggly brackets, Grace Notes. It's a series on Crunchyroll. 
The show itself is very easy to explain. And the macro fandom it's a spin-off of is also very easy to explain. But the way the two intersect is a little complicated. Because <laughs> you know how Final Fantasy is a macro fandom. I know how Final Fantasy is a macro fandom. But listeners might not know how Final Fantasy is a macro fandom. They're like, these jerks. What are these words that they're using? <laughs> not all of us grew up on Live Journal. Well, no, I've just dated myself. Can you unpack macro fandom? A macro fandom is an umbrella. So you have one fandom and it's got different prongs, like might have different TV series. So if you're into CSI, that's your macro fandom. And then Vanilla CSI, Weird Tech CSI and Miami, those are all your micro fandoms. Or in our case, Final Fantasy is the macro fandom. Final Fantasies 1 through, are we up to 15 now? Those are all their their own individual micro-fandoms, which was controversial about 10 years ago, maybe? It really was controversial. People did not like my suggestion. Nope. It's like, it's just a word to describe a thing that already exists. The reason why we try to create that organization, I think, is because of Yuletide, right? Because we were really mad that none of these small Final Fantasy games were ever being accepted for, for Yuletide because they were like, Final Fantasy is not a small fandom. No, yeah, if you're looking at Final Fantasy 7, but Final Fantasy 6 is a totally different thing than Final Fantasy 7. They're not even in the same setting. They're not on the same platform. They have nothing in common except for the name and some of the creative staff. So I think we were trying to explain the concept of that in a way that the AO3 coders would maybe come around to our way of thinking. Eventually, we got there. It mostly happened because the coders on AO3 are amazing and they created something in the taxonomy that allowed you to like classify fandoms and have little tag trees. I love the taxonomy of AO3. Saw a thing going around that got nominated that was just librarians would kill for a cataloging system like AO3. And I'm just like, you have my sword. The only downside of AO3 system is that it takes human effort to like hook tags together on the back end. And we have never had a problem with finding, in the early days, I don't know how it is now, but in the early days, we didn't have a problem finding volunteers who wanted to hook tags together. People were very passionate about it. I was very passionate about it because that's how I got into the OTW organization was like, I really care about how these weird tags are hooked together. And they're like, you want to volunteer? And I'm like, sure. And then they were like, you want to be a chair? I'm like, I guess. I have some regrets. <laughs> anyway, that explains the concept of the macro fandom. So how does your thing hook into its own macro fandom? The macro fandom is called Fate. It's based off a visual novel called Fate Stay Night, which has spun off into anime adaptations, additional video games, manga, novels. The summary of the Fate franchise is... It's like if Pokemon trainers were going after the Holy Grail, but instead of choosing Pikachu, you chose Alexander the Great. There are some wizards, they summon heroic spirits who are historical or mythological figures, and then they have a battle royale until... I'd say one of them wins. Does anyone ever actually win? Once. In all of the spin-offs I have seen, I think one person has ever won. So that's the macro fandom. My favourite character from Fate Zero, which is a different fandom altogether, is now... A wizard working at mage school, teaching young mages how to do magic and also solving crime. It's like someone tailor made this show for me because it's my depressed trash son 
who is like still dealing with all of the stuff from the actual show he was introduced in, but also being a stressed out teacher with a caffeine habit, a favourite cafe for marking in, and occasionally murders to go and solve in like proper Agatha Christie style. Gather everyone in the study. I will announce who has done it and how. And it's possibly my favourite thing right now. And it's on Crunchyroll. You can watch it for free and like legally and everything. What about the spinoff of this macro fandom in particular draws you to the character? Like why that character? Okay, without spoiling too much of Fate Zero, the character's called Waver Velvet. He started off as a somewhat arrogant teenager whose entire goal was steal the magic artifact his teacher was going to use to summon something, summon that thing himself, and prove his teacher wrong for ever having doubted him. And over the course of that series, he found his chill and learned that maybe... Getting the recognition of people you hate is not actually the best life goal. And maybe you shouldn't throw your life away for stupid things like that. Now in the case files, he's an adult who's trying to deal with the repercussions of the actions he took as a teenager and the deaths that happened in that battle and the consequences that has for the family of his teacher, for himself, for his fellow students at the time who have all lost any sense of consistency. The impression I get watching it is still very much he is caught up in the events of Fate Zero. He's trying to prove to himself who he is and what he values now and it's delicious catnip. He is my depressed trash son and I love him. What are some mainstream Western stories that if people liked those stories they might like this okay bold of you to assume that i have intersected with mainstream media in a while they can be older it's okay we like older media here obviously agatha christie is one if you like agatha christie you'll probably like this show if you like agatha christie with magic and very weird deaths my brain has gone to Death by Silver by Anne Griswold and can I remember who else? Melissa Scott. But that's somewhat more magic Sherlock Holmes. Not quite the same feel, but definitely similar. I have very strong hesitation to recommend Fate Zero as a thing on its own because it's one of those it's good but it's good but there's some horrific shit in there just as like a background note. Caution warning, child abuse. Caution warning, selling your child to another family as a background feature. You said the overarching fandom was sort of like, if Pokemon were a show where you summoned dead historical figures to fight on your behalf. But with gore, yeah. Awesome. It's a very weird fandom. It has multiple timelines. The case files, how gory is are they? Someone gets his eyes pulled out, but it's not particularly graphic, and that's probably the goriest thing that happens. It's one of those, there is no blood, but there is a lot of people who have died. And I think one of my most important questions here is, does anybody try to bang a ghost? Not in this micro-fandom, but yes in the other ones. Well, okay. <laughs> that pause was very, very telling. So if you don't like ghost banging, which I don't, and the rest of it, ghost banging. Case files, no ghost banging. Not yet. 
Can you say the title for us one more time? The very, very long title. Deep breath. Lord L. Malloy II's Case Files, Rail Zeppelin, Grace Note. There are squiggly brackets around Rail Zeppelin. <laughs> I don't know if the squiggly brackets are important, but Crunchyroll insists. Well, thank you for coming on to tell our listeners about this show, which is available on Crunchyroll right now for free and legally. I feel like we've been on a journey. Maybe just watching the face journey you have been on as I've been talking. It's really unfortunate that we don't also don't release video of my face when I'm talking to you about the media that you watch. It was delightful. Well, thank you very much for coming on and telling us about this title of this show that I have already forgotten because it's so long. I'm just going to call it The Case Files forever, although I'll put the actual link in the show notes. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. Space Bees, this has been a rough year. And we hope you are doing well. This episode was made possible by Fangirl Happy Hours, Space Bees, and the Patreon Hive. Thank you all for sticking with us during this very, very weird time. Our production is by Renee. I'm still learning. Hey, Apple, could you please fix your crap so Audacity will work with my new laptop? Our art is by Ira, and our music is by Chucky Beats and Boxcat Games. Our transcripts are by Susan, who is always ahead on transcripts. It's me that's always behind. Susan is a treasure, and you can read her work at fangirlhappyhour.com. Thanks for listening to our show, Space Bees. See you next episode, and remember to wash your hands, wear a mask, and take care of your mental health. allowed to cheat there you go problem solved there you go fantastic people say that i'm not a problem solver but i am we drove to france so we went past where her crop circles were which reminded me oh anna i am very glad she's still alive i don't know how she's managed it i mean if she's like going into weird fields and taking liquids from strangers it's a good question how is she still alive luck and benevolent aliens